Chapter Ten of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Ten. It was from the next day, Sunday, that he dated it. What happened? It followed as a sequel to the events of Sunday. For Ransom was convinced that it never could have happened if he had not gone with Wauchope on Sunday evening to that service for men he used to say that if you traced it back far enough poor old wauchope was at the bottom of it it was poor old wauchope who had rushed him for the service in calling him poor old wauchope he recognized him as the unknowing and unwilling thing of destiny thus it had its root and rise in the extraordinary state of wauchope's soul wauchope had realized that he had a soul and was beginning to take an interest in it that of course was not the way he put it when he approached ransome on saturday night after the sports dinner at the golden eagle all he said was that he was in for it been let in by a curate johnny who'd rushed him for a service for men to-morrow night at clapham wauchope wasn't going because he wanted to but because the curate was such a decent chap he didn't like to disappoint him he ran a young men's club in st matthias's clapham and wauchope helped him by looking in now and then for a knock-up with the gloves the curate was handy with the gloves himself a bit cumbrous but fancied himself as a featherweight in a skipping dodging dance all around you land you one presently sort of style well the curate johnny had been handing round printed invitations for this service all welcome don't you know come and bring a friend wauchope had promised honour bright he'd come and bring a friend and ransom in a weak moment had consented to be brought the service would be at eight and would last say till nine half past nine was the very earliest hour he could fix for his appointment with miss usher for he had seen her she had risen up before him to his amazement on that sunday evening as he turned out of his own door on his way to supper with wauchope at clapham he had walked with her for five minutes wheeling his bicycle in the gutter while they settled how and where they were to meet she was living in wandsworth lodging in st anne's terrace near to winnie diamond so that winnie could take care of her she had got another situation at starker's in the millinery department he proposed that he should meet her at closing time to-morrow and she smiled at him and said she didn't mind but winnie would be there he had forgotten winnie then he suggested next saturday afternoon or sunday about three and she said she really couldn't say saturday and sunday were such a long way off and things might be different now that she was in the millinery and she smiled again and in such a manner that he had a vision a horrible vision of other fellows crowding round her on saturdays and sundays he more than suspected that this was cockatree but it made him desperate so that he said well how about to-night well to-night she'd promise winnie she'd be good and go to church if he had been madder if he'd been more set on it he would have gone off with her that minute he would have persuaded her to give up church he himself would have broken his promise to old wauchope but he did none of these things and his abstention was the sign and measure of his coolness of his sanity he only said as any cool insane young man might say how about after church and if he called when he got back from clapham he wouldn't be a minute later than half-past nine and violet had said oh well she didn't know about calling you see she only had one room and he had reckoned with that difficulty for winnie diamond only had one room which she shared with maudie by calling he'd meant of course on the doorstep to take her for a walk 
but violet for some reason didn't care about the doorstep she'd rather if he didn't mind that he met her somewhere out of doors and so they had been drawn into an assignation at the old elm tree by the causeway on wandsworth plain thus if it had done nothing else to him the service for men could be held responsible for throwing that meeting with violet much too late still he had no misgivings it was june and in june nine o'clock was still daytime and when he went to the service he hadn't any idea what it would do to him no more of course had poor old wauchope wauchope was grateful and apologetic before they got there he said he didn't know what he might be letting ransom in for the curate johnny was bossing the service but he understood they'd engaged another joker for the address what he wauchope funked personally more than anything was the address and ransom generously declared that whatever it was like he'd stick it he'd stand by wauchope to the finish like a man they left their bicycles in wauchope's rooms and walked a few hundred yards to st matthias's mission church st matthias's mission church was a brand-new yellow brick building in the latest gothic with a red tiled roof where a shrill little bell swung tinkling under the arch in the high west gable inside cream distempered walls with brown stencilings in the roof bare beams of pitch pine stained and varnished north and south clear glass windows shedding a greenish light one brilliant stained glass window above the altar at the east end up and down the aisles between the open pews of pitch pine went the workers of the mission marshalling the men into their seats by the west door wauchope's friend the cumbrous curate who fancied himself as a featherweight stood smiling and shaking hands with each man as he came and thanking him for coming thus carrying out the idea that it was an entertainment he had his largest smile his closest grip for wauchope and for ransom for they were men after his own heart ransom observed the curate critically and without committing himself irretrievably to an opinion he owned that he looked fit enough there was not about him any sign that you could see of flabbiness or weediness he was evidently a decent johnny and for all that happened afterward ransom forbore to hold him personally responsible the service conducted by the curate was extremely brief everything was left out that could be left to make room for hymns wherever it was possible to place a hymn the psalms were chanted and the curate intoned the prayers in a voice that was not his natural voice but something far more poignant and impressive there were no boys in the choir and the singing that lacked their purifying and clarifying treble had a strange effect sombre yet disturbing it acted on ranny like an incantation of course if he had known what it was going to do to him he would have kept away for though there was nothing in his flesh and blood and muscle that suggested an inebriate father yet in his profounder and obscurer being he was fullymore ransom's son the secret instability that made fullymore ransom drink had had its effect on ranny's nervous system his nerves though he was not aware of it were finely woven and highly strung he had a tendency to be carried away and to be excited exalted and upset since saturday afternoon ranny had remained more or less in a state of tension induced by the hurdle race by the shock of seeing violet usher and by the dinner at the golden eagle in coming straight from violet he had entered st matthias's mission church keyed up to his highest pitch so that the service for men which subdued wauchope and made him humble and ashamed and sent him away trying to be a better man 
that very same service worked ranny up to a point when anything became possible to him first of all then the intoning and the chanting acted on him exactly like an incantation ranny's will the spiritual part of him was lulled to sleep by the rhythmic voices and as his sense of decency had no reason whatever to expect an outrage it was also off its guard quiescent passive to the charm the rest of ranny was exposed piteously to the rhythm that swelled that accentuated accelerated the vibration of his inner tumult then the obvious safety valve was closed to him a sense of strangeness and of sudden shyness prevented him from joining as he should have joined in the service ranny could not take it out all at once in singing that silence and passivity of his left him open at every pore to the invasion of the powers of sound these young intensely vibrant bass and tenor voices sang all round him they sang at him and into him and through him there was a young man close behind him with a tenor voice that pierced him like a pain there was watchope at his right ear thundering in a tremendous baritone first of all it was a trumpet call that shook him soldiers of christ arise and put your armor on sang watchope the sound of that singing made ransom feel noble and there is nothing more insidiously destructive than feeling noble and then later on it was a strange and a more poignant cry that melted him so that his very soul dissolved in tenderness and yearning Jesu lover of my soul sang the young man with the tenor let me to thy bosom fly while the gathering waters roll while the tempest still is high ranny felt them about him the waters and the tempest other refuge have i none hangs my helpless soul on thee leave ah leave me not alone still support and comfort me and as the infinite pathos and pleading of the tenor voice played on him ranny sank lost and shelterless and alone to let the word life he rose again and exulted he rose above himself even to the point of singing thou of life the fountain art freely let me take of thee spring thou up within my heart sang ranny rise to all eternity there was something about that hymn and his own sudden crying out in it that made him peculiarly susceptible to the influences of the address when the preacher rose in the pulpit when he looked about him with ardent and earnest eyes and a face ravaged by emotion when his wide and somewhat loose and mobile lips gave out the text ranny had an obscure foreknowledge of what would happen to him for he was not altogether virgin to the experience he was undergoing it belonged to certain moods of his childhood and his adolescence when more than once in wandsworth parish church he had been stirred mysteriously by the tender music of the evening service and by the singing of certain hymns 
there were layers upon layers of emotion sunk beyond memory in ranny's soul so that what happened to him now had the profound and vehement though secret force of a revival the submerged feelings rose in him they were swollen intensified dominated beyond recognition by the virile and unspiritual passion that leaped up and ran together with them and made them one it gave them an obscure but superb sanction and significance for that incantation not only called up the past with a still greater magic and mystery it evoked the future it was a prophecy a premonition of the things to be it cried upon the secret unseen powers of life it brought down destiny know ye not that your bodies said the preacher and he leaned out and looked to the young men on the right your bodies and he looked to the young men on the left are the temples of the holy ghost and he looked straight forward and paused as if he saw invisible things he may have drawn a bow at a venture but he seemed to have singled out ranny from among all those young men he leaned over his pulpit and fixed his kindled and penetrating eyes on ranny he adjured ranny to remember that sin which he had never committed he implored him to recall the shame which he had never felt and at the same time to purge himself of that unholy memory and put away from him the sensual thoughts that had never occurred to him and the abominable intentions that he had never had then with a subtle and plastic inflection of his voice like the poise of wings descending he dropped from that almost inspired height of emotion and became shrewd and practical thoroughly informed and competent a physician with a flair for the secret of disease a surgeon of the soul relentless in his handling of the knife a man of the world who spoke to them of what he knew in all sincerity as man to man and then he soared again flapping his great wings that fanned emotion to a flame and through it all the young curate who had brought them there sat folded more and more within his surplice and became more and more red as to his face more and more dubious as to his eyes he was like some young captain wise though intrepid who sees his brave battalions routed through the false move of his general the magic worked a man behind ransom was heard breathing heavily the gentle drowsiness habitually expressed by wauchope's broad and somewhat flattened features was intensified to stupefaction his head had sunk slightly forward but he looked up lowering at the preacher with his little innocent eyes half sullen half afraid wauchope was merely uncomfortable he suffered on the surface but ranny was disturbed profoundly shaken excited and most curiously uplifted he and wauchope compared notes afterward on the preacher whom they called that imported josser they thought he rather fancied himself at that particular job and supposed that he was some sort of a pro who had spoiled his form by overdoing it and had lost the confidence of his backers they agreed that if wauchope's friend the curate had given them a straight talk it would have been much straighter as it was nothing could have been more devious more mysterious and serpentine than the discourse that turned and wound and wormed its way into the last obscurities and secrecies of ranny's being in the mission church of st matthias's ranny underwent illumination it was as if all that was dark and passionate in him had been interpreted for him by the preacher interpreted it became in some perverse way justified over and above that innermost sanction and recognition it had the seal outside it of men's acknowledgment 
it took its place among the existent the normal the expected ranny was not alone in his passion and confusion he was companioned here and now in the great enlightenment but even ranny could not have foretold the full extent of his reaction to that sinuous and evocative address meanwhile so carried away was ranny that he joined wauchope in a furious singing of the final hymn onward christian soldiers he had felt noble he had felt tender now he was triumphant end of chapter ten recording by expatriate in bangor maine